0: Breaking down
1: the biggest stories. One more time for we'll the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, you're functioning to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you are one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? What's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And
2: bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello? A political poll? I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Hey. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi.
1: And good morning, good morning, good morning. Another day, America, February fifteenth, twenty twenty three, where elected officials will waste our time and money with conspiracy theories and personal vendettas. Yes, welcome to the Wednesday program. It is Hump Day, so we're going to do fun stuff and serious stuff today. I, I definitely want to dig into the Atosa East story because it's is an example of what's happening in schools. Now, whenever I talk to school board members off from off the show, they always. Put it this way with me. You don't un- this is something they- you don't understand. Would you rather have these kids on the streets or would you rather keep them in school? Well, you know, if they're committing crimes and getting in fist fights, maybe the answer is they don't belong in school. But we'll get to that in a second. Some fun to start the show. As soon as I heard the words of Aaron Rodgers yesterday, and we know that he he makes his weekly appearances on the Pat McAfee show on Satellite Radio, I said, Oh my goodness, there's a natural connection. To a series of movies starring Ben Stiller. And my crack producer, Brandon, spent some time this morning crafting an excellent, I call it a mashup, mix, whatever you want to call it, bridging the gap between Aaron Rodgers and his dark retreats, sensory deprivation, and a very famous series of films that deal with the same subject. Let's listen.
3: This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's
4: fake news. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the Burns Family Circle of Trust. See, if I can't trust you, then I have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back.
3: Let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, to Adam Schefter,
4: what? or to any of those people. Let me put it very simply. If your family circle does indeed join my family circle, they'll form a chain. I can't have a chink in my chain hmm yeah okay
3: I get the metaphor so if you're one of those people who's talking to those people it's a great reminder for you you're not in the inner circle
4: well I would definitely like to stay inside the circle you have my word I'm gonna hold you to that circle of trust guess who's back in the circle of trust
3: the problem is there's a slippery slope so let me just remind everybody out there listening when somebody says something Whether it's Ian Rappaport, Bradam Schefter, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Anthony Fauci, Joe Rogan, myself, question it.
4: I like to think of it as a little circle of trust. That circle of trust thing,
0: that's mine. Mm. That is true. I mean, I am still in the Burns family circle of trust, right?
3: No one in my inner circle talks to those people. I don't talk to those people. I don't have their numbers. I've never met them. And... Listen, I'm doing a darkness retreat later this week. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize how much it would take off.
4: That's it. We're starting our own circle of trust. And guess what? You're not in it. Well, you can't start a circle of trust. It's my circle. You know what? You don't have a patent on the circle, Jack. And by the way, you're not even in your own circle right now. That is untrue. I say who's in or out of the circle. Well, I'm confused. Whose circle am I in? Nobody's. Nobody's.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee. Who else is featured in that thing? Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. guy. just brilliant work by producer Brandon. That, that was why I wanted to leave the show with it. We're going to put it up on our podcast page, available on w at WTMG.com or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, that'll be up shortly. Uh, you'll see. You'll see and hear a lot of that today. I'm going to bring it back in the eleven o'clock hour because it's that good last word on Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it an 11 o'clock hour. But you know what? None of this happens in your little circle of trust or whatever the hell you're calling it now. If you don't publicize the fact that you're doing this, well, you could have just gone off and done this. And I'm a, I've am been accused of being an Aaron Rodgers fanboy. You bring the attention upon yourself. And if you think you're going to play pro football, if you think you're going to be a four-time MVP, Super Bowl winner, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and you're not going to... Have people interested in what you're doing and want to comment on it? Have you seen social media? That's all we ever do. We are a country of complainers. We love to comment on everything. And my bottom line again in all of this is you're gonna do all this stuff for your mental health. Great. Knock yourself out. I would I would talk about it less, but if you want to talk, fine. But at the end of the day, all I care about with Aaron Rodgers, don't care about his relationships, don't care about his family. I want him to play the best possible. Quarterback position play that we've we're used to in Green Bay. You didn't do that last year. Hopefully, this helps you. But enough with the uh, the circle of trust stuff. It's a circle of trust. I trust you to quarterback our team. We're giving you a hell of a lot of money to do it. Aaron Rodgers, please. Twitter. Because I tweeted out what I just said at the beginning of the show. Stop wasting your time on personal vendettas and conspiracy theories. So the person goes, be specific. Oh, I don't know. Ted Cruz. Chuck Schumer. Ron Johnson. AOC. They all do it. Be specific means everybody except a few people. We're not being served by our politicians. For one, they they spend way too much time on this nonsense. We have a U.S. senator from Wisconsin who's spending all his time right now, all of his time, on vaccine injuries, which anybody with a brain in their head knows is a very small part of the vaccine reality. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Of course not. Nothing is perfect. But if you're going to be fair and honest with your constituents and last time I checked that's everybody who both voted for you and didn't vote for you you also need to tell the other side of the story the vaccines save lives eliminated some diseases you want to be fair and honest tell both sides stop focusing on one side because it's politically popular which is moronic God, it's irritating. All right, I want to talk about Tosa East. If you listen to the morning show with Vince and Eric, Wisconsin Morning News, you heard Vince breaking that story from Tosa East High School. Adult involved in a altercation. I'm going to play like 30 seconds of this, and hopefully we don't have any obscenities in it. And then I have some strong thoughts on where education in this state has to go. Especially, by the way, and we're gonna to get to this at 935, when the governor's proposing adding billions more to the education budget in the state of Wisconsin. Listen to this TOSA East fight. <laughs>
4: <laughs> bring <you> <laughs> That's the That's little... the <laughs> <Get you titty. laughs> <laughs>
2: No! <laughs>
1: First of all, it's disgusting. And if you get a chance, TMJ4 has the video up. I'm sure it's on our social media as well. I'm sure Vince posted it. This is the states of discipline, or lack thereof, in our schools in Wisconsin. This mission, by some, to say, we can't kick these troublemakers out, that would be worse I, I always hate to do this because people go, oh, that's a different era. So, But I'm going to do it anyway. Late 70s. In our hallways, in our school, was usually an individual, usually a man, middle-aged, maybe slightly older, who if you did anything like this, would put the hammer down quickly. One of the things about this video is that There's no intervention. Teachers, they're not going to do it. They're going to get sued or punched. Oh, and to all the war on teachers, folks, how's this working out for you? They're not going to get involved in that stuff. Why would they? Every time I've talked to a school board member, and I've talked to a bunch in various districts around this area and across the state, I've had them on the show, I've talked to them offline. The way they put it is this. Steve, we have to be inclusive. The alternative to, to take them out of school is not something that we want to do. So you have kids with criminal records disrupting every day. They're not there to learn. Disrupting classrooms, threatening teachers, which is also a thing, by the way. And all the other Side story to this is, because of this environment, you're losing, you're bleeding teachers in this state. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. If you'd like to join the conversation. It's stunning to me. The complete lack of discipline that we have allowed ourselves by choices we've made with school boards and superintendents, Lame, I'm going to use the term even though it's overused, woke policies. None of these kids who are aggressively punching an individual deserve to be in school. They don't, sorry. Expulsion. Now that doesn't mean expulsion, throw them on the streets. That means expulsion, you're going to be in a work camp or something similar. That's where we're at with this. You're going to learn a skill, a trade. You're probably not going to be sleeping at home at night. You're going to be somewhere else. Same thing should have happened with people that are committing crimes that are under 18. Same thing. Are we afraid to do it? I hope not, because that's what's required. If parents won't do it, somebody else has to. We are losing another generation of kids due to lack of discipline. It's shameful. Apparently, somebody's rubber stamping this stuff. Is there even detention anymore, or is that too strict of a punishment for kids? Is there a breakfast club environment? Not to make light of it, but is that a reality anymore? Saturday detention? Oh my god, you can't take away their weekend. Every day is a weekend for troublemakers, they don't care. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they don't care what day it is. They're there to there to disrupt. So when the governor talks, Governor Evers talks about education, giving them more money, what does that mean exactly? How much of that is on discipline, controlling the hallways, controlling violence, not only between the kids, but now apparently, Tulsa East example, kids and parents. And I asked Vince this, I'll ask the public this, what's his parent doing in there? in a high school. What's the parent doing there? They just wander the hallways? Is this high school now? Is this the environment? Anybody walks in? We've seen enough mass shootings in this country, how that works, and it usually doesn't work too well. we got to control the environment in schools. I'm not a hardliner when it comes to this, but at some point, sanity and common sense has to prevail. And if you're on a school board... If you're an administrator and you see these things, what are you going to actually do about it? I'll give you my answer, and we'll get your thoughts after this. Violence in schools, not a new story, but one that's uh, playing out here, and probably where you are as well. What do we do about it? Sharon joins us from the north side of Milwaukee. Hi, Sharon.
5: Hi, Steve. Um, I just heard your conversation that you let off with this problem in Wauwatosa, Wauwatosa East High School. What those parents have to do is if they don't have those resource officers at that school, they better have a meeting and decide what they're going to do with this problem. My grandchildren went to a Catholic high school private in Waukesha, and I can't tell you the day and night difference in that school versus the public schools. And and when there was a problem, if there was a problem, which hardly ever happened, there was no question asked. These kids were expelled.
1: Yeah, tough love. Thanks for the call, Sharon. We had a little bit of an audio problem there. Look, there is a solution to this. SROs and, when necessary, police. But you got to pay for that. But here's the good news for school districts. They're throwing money at you like nobody's business. Whether it's COVID money, billions of dollars another two-point-something proposed by the governor of the state of Wisconsin and probably the same place in the state you're at. You want that kind of money? It better not go to buildings. It better go to improving the safety and the environments in a school. It is mind-boggling to me. In 2023, we have not adequately focused on school security where a parent can wander the halls, fights can happen, no repercussions, you're right back in the classroom disrupting again and again and again, ruining the educational environments. And oh, what I'm hearing is we don't like police in our schools. Tough you-know-whats. You know what? you can not manage behavior. They'll do it for you. But here's the thing. Police are already overtaxed. There's less of them. So not only have you contributed to the problem by knocking out hundreds of police officers in the city of Milwaukee, but you also essentially banned any form of real serious discipline and you've threatened teachers and students threaten teachers, students hit teachers. Less people want to do that job. You reap what you sow. How's it working out for you? The answer, my opinion... Not very well. You get letter grade F. Maybe an F minus. Tietosa East High School has now blown the good mood that I was in when I started the show. did a little fun mashup with Mr. Uh, Brandon on the uh, Aaron Rodgers comments about his circle of trust. My words. Borrowing from the great movie Meet the Parents. The series Meet the Parents. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to be the person that beats up on schools. It's it's a a tough environment. But the bottom line here, and you can join us at 855-616-1620. I got a lot of texts on this. Love to hear you on the phone as well. 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line. The bottom line has to be two things. Discipline and education. We are not going to fix all of society's issues and problems By just saying we have to be more inclusive, we have to just let the kids act out in school, we have to be less strict. One of the fundamental shifts was when we made it about race, trying to fix society's issues with race, which are legitimate and real and absolutely should be focused on, with policies at school that actually worked against the very issues they were trying to fix. They've worked against them. When you show no discipline, when you have no fear of punishments, whether it's a kid or adult, what, what do you think is going to happen? We know what it does to adults, and frankly, children in Milwaukee. They just keep doing it. They keep stealing cars, keep reckless driving, keep stealing stuff, keep shoplifting. Because we've dumbed down the punishment. We've allowed race to be the sole arbiter of every decision when it comes to schools. When it really should be about education and the environment of learning. Somebody said, you're overreacting. No, I'm not. Ask Toste East if I'm overreacting. Really? We have a altercation in a hallway between an adult still waiting for an explanation why the adult was there, and many students. I watched the video. Those are real assaults happening there. Anybody who's throwing punches in a flurry like Mike Tyson, I'm sorry, you don't belong in a school. Find an alternative. If you're actually interested in a high school diploma, pursue a GED or or other course of education. If you're under 18 and you don't want to go to school, here's another course for you, work camp. Of course, that'll be made racial as well. But here's the amazing thing. If you don't act up, you have nothing to worry about, absolutely nothing to worry about. But like everything else, it's dumbed down. Detention, bad word. Suspension, bad word. Expulsion, are you kidding me? We can't just release them to society. Oh, you know the dirty little secret about that is it's one less student that we can't get paid for as a school district. Because we know it in Wisconsin, it's all about the numbers. Right? Bodies in the seats. At least on those important measurement dates of school population. Oh, and meanwhile, while this is all going on, you've ruined the lives of kids who want to learn. Some cases they have to be subject to bullying and violence every day, and they're not learning, or at least they're learning in, a, in an environment of fear. And on top of that, these idiots are costing us a lot more money. From the text line 414. That's part of the problem, people who think you're overreacting. Seriously. Tulsa. School district it might be a wonderful school district. I, I didn't, never lived in Tulsa. I I like the city. Known several of the mayors there. This is your. This is your. This is the uh, the message that now people will see when they Google Tulsa for a while. Hopefully not too long. A fight in a hallway with an adult, and many students hammering on each other. Diane says we have lowered the bar. Now everyone suffers. Yeah. All of these feel-good ideas that we, we spend so much time and money, the curriculum of the year, every year new new ideas, new hot ideas that we spend tons of money on in school districts that are replaced in a couple of years by the next new idea. Never shows any improvements. Any real results. But, yeah, we pay for it. And now more money. COVID money, like it's... Like it's free. Well, essentially it is because the government handed it out. Just, hey, here's billions of dollars. Spend it the way you want to. As if track facilities and, and stadiums and new courts and theaters and performing arts centers, which are, frankly, sit vacant most of the time, are the way that we're going to teach our kids. Would I like every kid to have a great environment? Sure. Sure. But just like Miller Park slash American Family Field, Miller Park first, now American Family Field, we can't just throw money at stuff. Newest, shiniest, brightest, coolest. You've made kids dumber with the decisions you've made. And if I hear one more school board member tell me you can't kick them out, you know what? You're wrong. We can. At the end of the day, society... All of us will have to deal with those misfits who don't want to play by the rules. Last word. I'm going to shift topics after this. If you're a parent out there, stop defending your kid when your kid has done something wrong. Didn't used to be like that. Doesn't have to be now. That has been one of the biggest changes as well. Sometimes your kid is not an angel. Sometimes your kid is not perfect. They're certainly often not special. So when a school district or a teacher tells you, your kid's just screwing around in school, your first response should be to your kid, what the are you doing? Not a call to the principal, not a call or an angry email to the teacher, and I've seen a lot of these, trust me, because a lot of people share them with me. That's the wrong direction. I understand this is hard for people to listen to. But sometimes, you know, we got we got to flush these things out. And when we, when we wake up and see stories like Tosa East today, somewhere else next time, this is why school boards get taken over. And if you're angry and upset about that, see militarization of the school boards, you know what, school board members? School superintendents, you really got no one else to blame but you. I'm going to move my conversation about the budgets addressed tonight and uh, what you would highlight as your top budget priority because there's been a lot of interest in this conversation about schools, violence, education. Let's go to Al in Sherman Park. Welcome to the show, Al.
5: Hey, Al in Sherman Park uh, used to be... uh, a ally of the democrat party until i was age 51 i'll be 58 in april all right there came a point where i had to stop supporting these agendas when it became all about race uh, many of our children are confused because many of our adults have confused thinking this whole notion um that's basically where i identified it coming from were parents who hated discipline when they were kids they hated school Uh, I mean, they hated church giving them guidelines. They hated school giving them guidelines. And so they thought if they uh, could let children basically get away with anything that was more Christ-like, which it's not, because the kids uh, don't learn boundaries, and we see it seep into society today where they don't have to follow rules. I, I literally sit on a corner, city corner from a school, and I sit and watch people roll through red stoplights all day long. They'll be solid red for a good, you know, 20, 30 seconds, and they'll just decide to go through because they can make up their rules. And if we don't set hard and firm lines, it just begins to eat away and just gradually become chaos. And that's what we're seeing uh, today. And then uh, there is a, a leftist agenda that likes to then use race to get these policies into place and they don't serve to help anyone they don't serve to help me and my black community with the crime where kids don't respect police and rules and again we just end up with chaos in society
4: yeah
1: thanks for the call al it's a a thoughtful call and somebody who's who's who seems to have a a good perception of the reality and i agree with Al. and I, i wanted to let him speak because i think it's important that we understand white people like me people of color like al Regardless of race, it really doesn't matter. I just wanted to highlight that he's coming from a different perspective than I am when it comes to race, but really the same thoughts. If you allow your children to, to do whatever they want to do, you don't like rules. I told the story before, and it's not completely connected, but I, I, I know a household in my neighborhood where language has no limits. Outside the front door, F-bombs flying in front of young, very young kids. As if that's normal behavior. So much of what a young kid becomes later in life, as they mature, go through high school, become an adult, is things they've learned earlier. Trauma that they've experienced affects them for the rest of their life. Severe trauma can make them act out in horrific ways later in life. We know that. It's the history. But all of this noise in schools that we've allowed to happen, to, to consume the educational environment, trying to be super inclusive so that even the disruptors have to be in classrooms, even the kids who threaten teachers. And I'm going to read a text here in a second from a retired teacher. Even the kids who threaten teachers are allowed to be in the hallways to continue to make threats to teachers, by the way, under this... I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. This is what the the response would be. You don't understand his situation. He has special requirements. He's classified in a certain way that we can't intervene. We allow those kids to have freedoms because of their disabilities. That is such a broad term now. And I'm not coming down on children who have real legitimate needs. But behavior as a disability, in my mind, is killing us as a society, whatever the reason is behind it, discipline is still important, structure is really important, and having a firm, consistent policy in dealing with that reality is ultra important. From a retired teacher, Steve, you're 100% correct. In many schools, there's no consequences for bad behavior, and it's a free-for-all. You guys have no idea how bad it really is. Those who don't cause the trouble are getting ripped off because their learning experience is compromised. And those who act bad are ripped off because they don't learn accountability to their behaviors. On the district's behalf, it's about the numbers because if you suspend so- too many students, you get punished by the DPI. What a stupid thing to do. You get punished for eliminating disruptors from a classroom. All of the legitimate concerns with race in this country are ones that, of course, we should acknowledge. But when your acknowledgments and your reaction to that reality is to eliminate all the rules in school, to eliminate any kind of oversight or discipline or overview of the hallways, for example, you want money from the state of Wisconsin, our tax dollars, take that money and police your hallways. In whatever way... I don't care if it's private security. I don't care if it's more cameras. I don't care if it's SROs. I wish we had the police officers that could sit in those in those rooms and those hallways all day. We don't. We don't even have enough to patrol the streets. We created the problem. We have to fix it. So when Governor Evers asked tonight for education dollars, he sure as hell better talk about, and I'm going to have an opportunity to talk to him later this month, early next month, he sure as hell better talk about the breakdown in the environment of education. That is one of the sole factors that's driving a decline in educational performance. My opinion, but I think it's valid. Quick break. Violence in Tulsa East, violence in schools across this country, and certainly in the state of Wisconsin. Is that driving the decline in performance? I think it is. I think there's a connection. No punishments, no discipline. Scott joins us from Greendale. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. You're on WTMJ. Good morning.
0: Hey, my friend, great topic. I was just going to say the caller that that called maybe about 10, 12 minutes ago, what an awesome perspective that is. And I feel like he was right on. So number one, I'm calling just to support his perspective. And number two, I like to use analogies when I teach my kids, right? Do you remember like back when, when you coached like junior, you know, soccer, basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Or you went to those games and you saw two different types of coaches. You saw a coach, one that just stood there. Well, the team did it the wrong way every single time he never he or she never blew their whistle to correct the problem they just said reps 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 keep it going and in return the team really never got better right because he never took the time to fix the situation and then you had that coach that constantly blew their whistle and said stop freeze hey there's four of you located down here what's going on we've got to spread out we got to do this but that takes tough work that's tough work to blow the whistle it's cumbersome it's timely when you only have an hour in the court my point is this, and the analogy is this, I feel like that's what's going on in our families and that's what's going on in our schools. Instead of blowing the whistle and instead of making the tough decisions of how we're going to fix this, what we continue to do is water down and basically dilute the standards, standards in academics, standards in within behavioral situations, and now we're getting what's coming to us. And that's all. I just right. want to leave you with that. Have an awesome day.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the comments, Scott. Look, and that's a great way to end it for today because this topic this conversation is not going anywhere let's fix this let's start to have real conversations and stop trying to fix everything else that's not directly involved in the school situation discipline matters performance certainly matters parents must be listened to with one exception when the parents are the problem acknowledge what they said and tell them you know what on this one you're wrong. Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you are one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing, that you don't like pizza? Too messy. And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork,
2: please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello? political poll? I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Hey. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the radio show where you don't have to check your brain at the door. Welcome to the radio show where you are allowed to participate. Welcome to the radio show. Although I will get heated up like I did last hour. We generally have a calmer conversation. I'm not going to yell at you for three hours. I may still use the I word. I'll throw in a moron occasionally. And unlike elected officials who forgets, usually day one, that they represent everybody in their district... It's not uh, unique to one party or the other, trust me. Everybody's welcome here. All voices welcome. I may disagree with you. You may disagree with me. I get those emails all the time. You can email me at 2 2s one d at wtmj.com. All right, I, I promised I would do this at 935. I didn't get to it because we had a heated conversation about violence in schools. And last word on that, because I, I really want to get to the budget conversation. Couple textures. I always get this when I talk about schools. Why don't you have a school board member on? Why don't you have a district representative on? You know, I've invited a hundred of these folks small, large, big, small, whatever you want to use districts. They don't want to come on. And I used to think it's, well, some people don't, you know, they don't want to put the spotlight on their district. I get all that. But the bottom line is they can't defend the policies. Or should I say lack of policies? All right. The governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, is set to make his biennial budget address tonight to the residents and voters of Wisconsin. Delivered at the Capitol Building in Madison. This is a state that has a massive budget surplus. It's a state that has a lot of COVID money sitting around. I kind of wove some of that into our school violence conversation. So I made it my show poll today. This is really when I want to start the next at least half hour of the show. If you controlled the budget of Wisconsin, if you had the ultimate, if you flipped the switch and and it would happen, nobody has that kind of control, but let's be honest Republicans in the legislature are close. Governor Evers still has veto power over what they do. So to that degree, divided government is actually working. So there's some controls there. But if you had direct control of the budget, you can find the poll at 620 WTMJ or on my page at WTMJ Steve. If you're not on the Twits, you can just give me your thoughts on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. I gave you a few examples. These are the big ones whenever time, whenever voters in Wisconsin are polled this is typically what they say education governor is going to talk about a massive part of the budget being devoted to education 2.6 billion was that the number i saw and you heard me earlier say can't be about buildings nope cannot be has to be about directly impacting the performance of our children and what I think helps in that equation, protecting the security of schools. Second choice, lowering taxes. Very important to a lot of people in Wisconsin. And the last one, public safety and crime. And I offered the opportunity with an other button on the old poll to say, oh, what are your thoughts? And we can quickly sample the ones on Twitter, and we'll get your thoughts on the old National Bank Talking Text Line. You're welcome to join my phone as, well, I do not bite and I listen to both sides. All right. So let's see what the uh, the, the commenters. Oh, right from the governor's office. Great news. Governor Evers' biennial, biennial budget addresses all three priorities. From the governor's office. Hey, looking at my poll. That's cool. Julie, I would add public parks infrastructure, quality of life issues. BERT, Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act. Peter. Transportation infrastructure, Greg, Department of Corrections, specifically staff shortages, big problem. Uh, One of the text, one of the uh, tweeters says, not handing out money to the brewers. That was obviously the conversation yesterday with the proposal by the governor he's going to lay out tonight, nearly $300 million in uh, money for the stadium district to renovate, updates, improve American Family Field, where the brewers play. Uh, Karen, setting a cost of living increase as to what local governments get back from the state coffers, legalized marijuana already. A lot of people say that. More money for schools, mental health, tax relief. Uh, And she also said the brewers and infrastructure. Uh, Patrick says the GOP will try to put a stop to it. I can tell you this right now. Given the reaction of Speaker Voss yesterday, not that the governor's proposals is DOA, but whatever the governor proposed will be tweaked, changed, thrown out by the legislature. They'll do their own thing, and the governor basically has to say, this is what I'll accept, this is what I won't accept, and then we'll have to see if we can get to an agreement. It usually works out. We get to some agreement. That happened last time. It'll probably certainly happen this time. Uh, last one from Twitter, and then we'll get to the old National Bank talking text line. He's going to increase spending on the... Continually failing public schools, something we just talked about. You'll blame Robin Voss and Republicans for blah, 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 and they'll lie to our faces about his fake desire to lower taxes. I'll take him on his word. He said a 10% middle-class tax cut. I'll take him on his word. That doesn't seem fake to me. There. There's a defense of the governor. All right. If we go to the old National Bank talking text line, reduce property taxes, big one. Budget priorities, Public safety, that's that's kind of the, that's where I lean. But I'm, I'm interpreting it more broadly, and I just talked about this in the last hour. Public safety means we're safe everywhere. Schools, streets, venues, parking lots, parking structures. I don't want to see the break-ins we're having. Matter of fact, that reminds me. I got a great email the other day that I should probably revisit uh, from a listener who, fan of the show, who said, um, gave me some real specific details about something they attended in Milwaukee and what happened to the cars in the parking lot. Disastrous. Dangerous. 855 616 1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. If you had the ultimate power, ultimate control, let's say a legislature with veto proof majorities or a governor who had a legislature. Of the same party, it happens in some states. Believe it or not. What would you do? What would your top priority would would be? Mine would be public safety, in the broad way that I defined it. What say you? After this on WTMJ. Hey, looking ahead to tomorrow. Tune in Thursdays. That's what Steve said. You can win a $30 gift card to the MindShap restaurant, beautiful downtown Hartford. Locally owned, great restaurant, affordable restaurant, 46 years in, in business. And Thursdays, by the way, buy one pizza, get one, a second one free. Located Main Street, downtown Hartford and Highway 41, also in Oshkosh. But this gift card, $30 for the winner. Oh, that's what Steve said, which we do about 1108 every Thursday right, on there, uh, right here on the show. My chef, fantastic restaurant that I will be going to, by the way, in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to my visit out there. They're great food, great setting in beautiful downtown Hartford. All right, let's go to the phone lines on the subject of budget. How would you spend it? Dave from Oshkosh, welcome to the show, Dave. Good morning. How are you doing, Steve? Good, good. What do you think? If you had the power... Where, where would you spend the money?
6: Well, I work direct patient care in the mental health field. Um, and I think a big portion of it should go into this because it's just getting worse and worse. Um, I've been doing it for quite some time. Um, and, you know, what you read in the paper, what you watch on TV, what you hear in the radio is nothing, nothing close to what, Reality is. What is the reality?
1: What is the reality?
6: Well, you know, you just get the frequent flyers that are coming back and forth, you know, drug seeking, doing whatever they, you know, have to do to get their fix kind of thing. Um, And they're not, there's no, there's no help. We need more resources. We need more education on this stuff. And a lot of them, it's, it is behavior. So, you know what, you know, I can't tell someone what their favorite color is or what their favorite food kind of thing is so you know it's just it's just a mess out there steve it's just it's just awful it's just sad
1: when you say money thrown at it you you talk about education uh, i assume you mean like outreach like where else would we spend that money that could directly impact the 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 mental health issue in our country
6: well i just don't think I, i don't think we have enough you know, places. You know, I my my. I'm am a state employee, and then county uh, other county facilities. I think they're kind of going by the wayside, and and so you know, jails and prisons are are packed and clogged up. So it's just one of those things where it's just a revolving door. It's nothing. Nothing's getting better. It's like I said. It's just getting worse. Like I said. It's just it's just very very sad.
1: Thanks for the call, Dave. And I, I, I can hear the despair in Dave's voice. And, and that's that's something that, you know, ties to everything. What people are thinking about these days that we live in, right? The The frustration, despair, concern about finances, the drug problem, which is exploding, fentanyl. I can't, when I do my nightly news scan, I can't have an evening where I don't, I don't have an evening where I don't see stories related to overdose deaths, the the volume, the sheer volume of, of that drug and other drugs coming into this country. Through an unsecured border, by the way. That's a big problem. From the old National Bank talk and text line, uh, let's see. See, public safety, more prisons, more juvenile facilities, and paying people paying people much better wages and benefits to facilitate those institutions. John, I'm with you. The biggest one for me, when you're talking about buildings, Prisons, yes, of course, we have some pretty newer ones. But juvenile facilities, not just to warehouse kids, but to actually, part of their sentence for carjacking, reckless driving, if it's a repeat offender, is you're going to do actual work. We'll define what that work is. You're not going to sit in a cell. You're not going to sit in a room. You're not going to sit in a a hall. You're going to actually do work going to wake your butt up early. We'll feed you. And you're going to actually work. All the things that need to be done that we apparently can't afford anymore. Cleanup. Pothole patching. Are those sexy jobs? Absolutely not. Supervised work is, is probably one of the ways we can deal with some of these problems. Give someone the idea It's not going to catch on with everybody. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's absolute. Give us some of the idea that actual work can be a way that you kind of achieve something beyond what your current life is like. Uh, 262, boring answer, 100% on state debt. We'll free up hundreds of millions of dollars in interest payments every year. Certainly use some of it, sure. We should always be attuned to that. Always understand That decisions we make when it comes to the finances of the state of Wisconsin, the taxes we charge people, impact almost everything we do. Every aspect of our life, from roads, infrastructure, right? To investment in public safety, our safety on the streets, in schools. Education, are the kids learning? Are we wasting on the popular, newest, shiniest, brightest, curriculum idea, we just present it to a school board and they rubber stamp it over and over and over again actually measuring results when it comes to the basics of education which have somehow been dumbed down so that everybody can have so many options These are real things Uh, a lot of people saying the long term debt, I, I don't disagree work on it uh from the four one four we hear how so many government agencies are underfunded and can't get enough staff, none of the police officers and teachers. Yeah, we have a multi billion dollar surplus. Society costs money. Why don't we fund it to a level that's actually doing what we want it to? It's a great question. Here's the answer. This is the crudest way I can put this because I want to make a point. Because we can't get these morons to agree on anything. We can't get these morons to talk to each other. They have political tantrums. They pretend like their side always has the right idea, the most brilliant idea, and they don't really care what the other side says, and they don't want to talk to them. It's childlike behavior, but that's politics. 920, making them work is unconstitutional. You know what? Then change the Constitution. It's not unconstitutional. Room and board, pay them if you need to, they're going to work. Maybe that's a change we should have made a long time ago. Maybe it's a change that's perfect for the current environment we live in. What do you think about that? 10.35 on this Wednesday edition. H- Happy hump day. I don't know if anyone says that anymore, but I do. Because I'm old. Er. Uh, we are joined. We've got two guests. One on the phone, Milwaukee County's executive. County executive David Crowley, who joins us on the phone. Hi, Hi county executive. Hey, how you doing, Steve? How are you? I am good. Also in studio from Waukesha County, County Executive Josh Showman. Good morning from Washington County. Did I say Washington? No, you said Waukesha. Well, oh, did I wa- Washington? Yeah, I mean, I like Paul Farrell. But I do man. too. I do too. I like Paul. Washington <laughs> County. My bad. Thanks for correcting no me. All right, gentlemen, you, were you both at the same meeting that you, that you were attending this, this week in Washington, D.C.? We were. We were out at the
7: National Association of Counties Legislative Conference.
1: All right, so I, I really want to get to share revenue, but I want to talk about what the big issues are. So many of, of the people that listen and and email and text and, and call into the show want to know about taxation and what counties are doing to, to build up their economic development. I understand this was a, was one of the takeaways from that conference. So we'll start with you uh, from Washington County.
7: Yeah, so it, it was a really interesting conference. I think the big takeaway I had uh, was international economic development um, really talking about foreign direct investment and how the State Department is trying to work more with uh, localities, counties in particular, since that was the theme of the conference. Um, but I, I, I thought it was really interesting and, and starting some new relationships, which I think is is always the good thing about these conferences, is to build partnerships and relationships across different units of government, and uh, this was another example of that.
1: And County Executive Crowley from Milwaukee, obviously um, revenue, shared revenue is important, but from the perspective of the health of counties... When you're at this meeting, what were you hearing from your peers?
8: Well, I can definitely tell you that, you know, one thing that is that happening, not just within Milwaukee County, but across our state and across this country, is really talking about the the, the opioid epidemic. Uh, trying to figure out what we can do as it relates to enhancing both the, the health and safety of all of our, our communities, but also just focusing on harm reduction. And I would say, I mean, the biggest takeaway for me. Um, was uh, I had the opportunity, I was just named, to be a part of a, a national commission on mental health and wellness uh, through the National Association of Counties, which is going to be basically an intergovernment uh, um, uh, cooperation between communities all across the state as well as agencies at the federal level to, to learn more about best practices at the county level and how we can put our best foot forward.
1: And Josh, uh, the governor's going to make his... Budget address, biennial budget address tonight, the Capitol building in in Madison. What can he say to county executives that would uh, put a smile on your face or at least cheer you up when it comes to the challenges that you face every day?
7: Yeah, that's another something that County Executive Crowley and I will spend more time together uh, at that at the address tonight. Um, but I think it really comes down to um, how we can partner with one another. Um, so you know, County Executive Crowley just mentioned the opioid crisis. I think when you think back to to last year, uh, it, you remember there was all these opioid settlements uh, and dollars getting kind of allocated for all these all different companies right. settling out lawsuits. Um, That was a great example, County Executive Crowley and myself, County Executive Farrell, many others, standing shoulder to shoulder with Governor Evers and actually signing really what I think is the best settlement in the country that put the money right back, boots on the ground at the county level. Uh, And and I think that's exactly the kind of something that Governor Evers could do again. The more times we're finding ourselves talking ahead of time, working with one another – Uh, In trying to find ways to partner state level uh, across party lines across across county lines i think the better off we are
1: and you guys are a great example of that county executive crowley making that connection between budget dollars and and boots on the ground resources that can actually be used in counties it seems like such an easy thing but but finding the right mix finding the right places to put that money that's the challenge right
8: I mean, that's that's always been the challenge. I mean, when you think about the fact that we, 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 at counties, we are very unique. We have our our local priorities and the things that our local communities uh, absolutely need. Uh, But we are an extension of the state of Wisconsin as well. So we also are charged with actually implementing uh, many of the initiatives initiatives at the state level. And so we aren't getting the necessary dollars to implement those those state-mandated programs. It makes it much harder for us to focus on things like, like like, the continuum of public safety, whether we're talking not just law enforcement, but whether we're talking about DAs, if we're talking about correctional officers within our jail or, or the community reintegration center. And so this is, this is one of the reasons why I would say that, you know, uh, County Executive Showman and, and myself and many others have really been coming together to figure out how do we make sure that local municipalities have the funding needed, uh, to, 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 to invest back into their local communities.
1: We are joined by Washington County Executive Josh Shulman and Milwaukee County County Executive David Crowley. So this is for both of you. I'll start with you, Josh. Do you get the sense that all of the county leaders in Wisconsin are on the same page when it comes to, like, the priorities and what needs to be done to, to address things like mental health, drug problems, crime, public safety, taxation? Are are they on the same page?
7: Yes, and no, <laughs> uh, so I think I think generally speaking, we all agree uh, on the baseline of some of some of the struggles and the problems. Opioids, in particular, heroin. Um, that we all have different ways of addressing it, and something that's unique to Milwaukee might be completely different up in uh, Marathon Wausau area. Uh, might be different than Washington, um, but I think what we all know is dollars at the local level uh, will allow us to apply the best solution that fits our culture, that fits our community, Uh, and that's why it's so easy to be able to stand together with County Executive Crowley or, uh, you know, County Executive Pavelski up in Portage County, Stevens Point, and say, listen, uh, the state can apply a one-size-fits-all approach, and it is not going to work, and we're all going to be mad, and you're all going to get upset with us, so let's try to apply the dollars at the local level, and not only do you get... Kind of, kind of the Federalist type of a system where we're all trying different things, um, but you also get a very localized uh, approach that
1: people in the community can buy into. County Executive Crowley, do you agree with that? Let the, let the county executives and the leadership team there, with their residents' input, obviously make those critical, crucial decisions.
8: I mean, absolutely. I mean, everyone knows that you can't have a one size fits all solution for for anything statewide here in the state of Wisconsin. What, what happens here in Milwaukee and, and, and the people that we represent uh, looks different than what's in Hudson or what's in, in, in Washington or what's in Waukesha. But but just like Executive Showman said, we all agree that if, you are, if we're able to actually, you know, put those dollars to work, we can do great things. And, and I would say that it's a great example when you think about both CARES and ARPA, one of the very few times where local municipalities were able to get direct dollars from the federal government, and, and we made them work. I mean, it was it was tough in the very beginning uh, when you think about the pandemic, but we made them work. And, it's, and, and when you think about it, it was a great blueprint to understand that if we are able to just talk about, one, the resources that's needed for all of us across the state, we can focus on what we need to do in our individual communities. But, again, we're all on the same page and saying that, you know, if you fund us, if you give us what we need, we can deliver.
1: We're talking to county executives. We'll call it county executive day here on the Steve Show. Uh, we'll continue the conversation after the break. I want to talk about shared revenue. We've got a great listener question I want to get to as well about how well you both, as county executives, work with, like, other leaders, all the way from the governor, all the way down. We'll get to that and more after this on WTMJ. Some important conversation. Somebody said, this. this is boring. It's not boring for this reason. This matters to all of us. Public safety, mental health, taxation, the things that affect us every day. I always say this about these conversations. Local leaders have way more import on your lives and your bottom line than any other leader, president, senator. I don't care who it is. It happens at the local level. We are joined in person by County Executive Josh Sheldon from Washington County and from the great county of Milwaukee where I am currently working. County Executive David Crowley. So I want to I want to ask that question. You guys seem to get along. Washington County, Milwaukee County. I asked about the other and and there's disagreements, healthy disagreements. I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about other How about other leaders like mayors, governor, state senators, assembly reps? Are you Are you figuring things out? Because we've heard about the great thaw. I, I would argue yesterday. I argued yesterday that the great thaw might be more more um fiction than fact what are you seeing what are you hearing
7: yeah so i completely agree that um partisanship uh has has proven to have many foils uh that um partnership uh especially at the local level is really the only path forward and so we talk for example about shared revenue um we talk about opioid settlement money uh Every time we find success, it's when we're talking to each other ahead of time, trying to map out, you know, what, what do you need down here in Milwaukee County? What do I need in Washington? What do they need up in Hudson? Uh, what is needed up in Wausau? And how do we formulate a package that can work for everybody? And, you know, not, we're not. None of us are probably going to get everything we want, um, but what works best to serve the people of the state of Wisconsin. And I think those are the times, uh, whether it's any one of those examples, um, that we have the most success. And uh, it, it's a privilege to work with County Executive Crowley on many different things. As you said, we don't agree on everything,
1: but you don't need to. Uh, but you don't have to yell at each other. <laughs> no, I well, don't know that we've ever yelled at each other, no. <laughs> County, County Executive Crowley, is that true you haven't yelled at each other? No. no.
8: That is absolutely true. We have not, and I would I would tell you, look, I, I spent about seven years, you know, in state government, four as a staffer and three as an elected, and and I would tell you that the partisanship it, it, it can be really heavy, and, and many times you can't get certain folks to have certain conversations. But when I won this seat, and, and our administration has made it very clear that we, we want to change the narrative, we want to restore the relationships that we have. Not just within Milwaukee County, but also across the state of Wisconsin. I think everybody understands that, you know, depending where you are in the state, both you know Democrats and Republicans can use it as a lightning rod. But so we've been working well with the state legislature, figuring things uh You have new leadership within the city of Milwaukee, and the relationship between Mayor Johnson and myself uh, is much better than previous county executives and mayors in the past. Uh, but we can, and we continue. We mm-hmm. have the governor at the co- at the table as well, being a part of these conversations. And so, you know, it is it is on the onset of being here, it has really been about building relationships. Because when you think about local government, you know, it shouldn't be partisan at all. Local governments, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, when you make a call to EMS, you make a call to the police department, you make a call about potholes, you want to get it fixed. And that's what local government's about is. And it's been a pleasure to be in this seat to, to, to cut down, uh, to cut out the partisanship and really have these, these, these quality of life conversations that really improve the lives of everybody.
1: Just to counter the, uh, the boring comments, Diane, not boring at all. This is from the text line, that old National Bank talking text line, not boring at all. Local is best. Also from uh, another texter, what a refreshing conversation. That's what I think, because <laughs> it's the bottom line stuff. All right. You heard County Executive Crowley mention shared revenue. We've heard about the thawing, the conversations between the Assembly leader, Robin Voss, and Governor Tony Evers. The The great thaw, does that mean we'll figure out how to get counties, because you're both leaders of counties, the money they need to operate efficiently? And I remind my listeners, this is where it meets the road, right? Plowing. And and all the services that counties provide in some cases on some of these roadways, that has to get done because that's the first call often that leaders – me as mayor, you as county executive, used to get me. Me used to you get them now. Is that shared revenue conversation? Is that happening? Will we get some results from that conversation?
8: It
7: it absolutely is happening, and and to David's point, I, this has been a uh, an initiative uh, at the county's association through our executive and administrators group that has been ongoing for the better part of the last year and a half, uh, and we've been trying to formulate a package that works for everybody. Now, now, we don't agree on everything. You know, I have some some real concerns with the way that the, the mayor of Milwaukee is, has treated uh, law enforcement in the budget process. But that doesn't mean that I don't think revenue has got to be part of the solution in the city of Milwaukee and in Milwaukee County. It absolutely does. There is no other path. Um, and a succeeding Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County only means a succeeding Washington County. And a Milwaukee County or a city of Milwaukee that's going bankrupt means... Washington County is going to have some major problems. So we have got to formulate a solution that can work for both of us. And quite honestly, this is the engine of the state. If it is not working down here, you're going to have major issues up in Wausau and Hudson and Manitowoc and everywhere else across Wisconsin. So um, I really feel confident and comfortable that we're going to come to a solution. What isn't helpful is when someone comes in and says, here's what it's going to be and take it or leave it. Um, whether that's coming from a mayor out state or whether it's coming from uh, the state capital, it doesn't make any difference. It's got to be a conversation, and and that's what I'm so proud of the work that the county executives are doing together. Uh, county Executive Crowley and myself included.
1: County Executive Crowley, maybe even a last word on this. I uh, only got about a minute. Your your answer on what would you like to see on shared revenue?
8: Well, to be quite honest with you, I would like to see a statewide fix. You know, when we talk about the issues that that pertain to the city of Mal- in Milwaukee County. I mean, it, it is not unique to just us. And, and, and you know, Executive Sona just talked about it. Everyone has been struggling all across the state and, and what works for us may not work for everyone, but we need to make sure that one Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee is at the table for a statewide solution. Because at the end, of, we have to cut through this red tape and figuring out how do we make sure that we can adequately fund public safety, how we can adequately fund our roads we, we this, this has been a long time coming, and the fact that we are, we are we're really having this discussion, even though, you know, everything isn't soup yet, but the fact that we're still at the table, everyone across the state is still at the table, is a good thing in my mind.
1: County executives, I'll leave it with this. Text, text or comment, why can't other government officials conduct themselves like these two gentlemen? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> From Washington County, County Executive Josh Shulman. From Milwaukee County, David Crowley. Thank you, thank you, thank you! Great conversation. We'll do it again down the road. Sounds good. Thanks for having, thank us. You for having us. Quick break here on WTMJ. Just reading the uh, Twitter feed, and it was in the low fifties early this morning. Four straight days in the fifties in February. That is my kind of month, folks. Winter or otherwise, I know we're having a snow event tomorrow. We'll see how that plays out, but. Uh, I'll take this February over any of those other ones any day, any year. All right, the news is next, right here in WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for we'll be slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you are one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza
2: with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello? A political poll? I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Hey. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi.
1: Oh, just warming things up on this Wednesday edition. Pizza today, cargo pants. And I kind of forgot to tease it before the top of the hour news there. The next half hour, ask Steve anything, any question, fair game, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank talking to I think I'm the only person in the market that does this. Um, An idea I stole from somebody else in another states, because I sample a lot of radio stations around the country to get a sense of what people are talking about. That's why you'll notice my show's a little different. It's not necessarily Milwaukee-centric, although we are located in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Because as I've learned in almost six years, my anniversary is the 28th of this month, six years at WTMJ, is that there's there's broader conversations that touch all of us, right? So while I, would, I wouldn't I would want to spend three hours yelling about an email that I got, There, I mean, there's certainly a market for that. Uh, I want to focus on the big stories and how they tie into local stories, which is why I had the two gentlemen that I just had on the show. Now, somebody said, and I actually read it out loud on the air, this is boring. And then I got a barrage of texts that said, no, it's not boring. This is actually what matters. And they agreed with me that the local conversation is the one that matters the most. All this vitriol and hate that happens nationally, or in some ways at the state level, whatever state you're in, is noise, is political noise. And I'll remind, as I did in the open, writing press releases, holding hearing, hearings on some small part of a, an issue, like vaccine risk versus the efficacy of vac- vaccines and the importance in the public's health and safety, that's not really doing your job. And, and the final reminder, which is also in the open, It's not about just the people that vote for you. That's the fundamental thing I have a problem with, with elected officials. They just assume that everybody they represent agrees with them. We don't. And there's a value in having a radio show, it's that we can point that out to you all the time. So, as I said, any question, fair game, 855-616-1620. To the texter earlier who said, can you bring back the uh, Aaron Rodgers thing, we'll do that. Uh, in the 1135 to noon half hour, sometime in there we'll bring that back because it's brilliant and kudos to my producer Brandon, who put that all together on my idea and I was surprised pleasantly surprised this morning that no one had picked up on that circle of trust connection between what Aaron Rodgers said about essentially his circle of trust and of course, the great Meet the Parents film. So great being in quotes. All right, let's see what's uh, up on the uh, the old old national Bank talking text line. 855-616-1620. Phone calls are encouraged and welcomed and respected. Uh, let's see. Ten black people killed in Buffalo. No mention of the races in the Tulsa school fight or the Walker Star Christmas Parade. Very sick double standard practices. Really? If you want to emphasize race, doesn't that contribute to the problem? Think about it for a second. If the issue is violence in schools, does it matter what race it is? I don't think so. It's violence in schools. If the issue of a mass shooter is violence carried out on a vicious, unsuspecting school, synagogue, concert venue, the hell difference does it make the race make? It's the violence. This is the Diffusion of arguments, right? The diffusion of logic. That's the thing you're focused on. Look, I respect the question. I want to be fair. You asked the question about race. From what I could tell in the video from Tosa, African-American students and parents. That's what I could tell, but it was blurry. And whoever's smartphone that was, not the best video. Just an editorial comment. Uh, from the 414, if Milwaukee goes bankrupt, the entire state will suffer. How can Milwaukee and other communities not get their fair share of shared revenue? Do you think... This is happening, this being the, the lack of fair revenue sharing with larger cities in Wisconsin, because of an inherent bias against those cities by some outstate legislators and political leaders. They'll never they'll never say that. They'll never own up to it. And the the curious thing for me is, I may even agree with them on some of the points. We do need to be teaching our kids smarter, more efficiently, with more discipline. So I will agree with you on that. But at the end of the day, we have to function here. This is the largest city in the states, And if you get some weird rush out of seeing the the largest city in the state fail, you're a weirdo and not a very good legislator or leader. Mark joins us on the phone. Welcome to the show, Mark. Ask Steve anything. What is your question?
6: Good morning, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I got an interesting one for you. I just uh, saw on social media this morning, Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing his uh, darkroom uh, event right. this week or within the coming week. And uh, I saw on there that he, he, uh, he is going to be uh, posting a video of this on uh, social media. And I'm wondering how that's going to be possible.
1: It's a great question. I mean, I don't know thanks for the call mark. I don't know the details of the, of the retreat in the details that Aaron does because he's been as he said, been talking about this for a long time. Here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. He's gonna be in this small house, whatever a couple rooms, bathroom. but it's not always dark outside. You know how you live in your house, right and you can have every shutter closed. there's still some light that gets in. I'm guessing at some point, it won't be completely pitch black. Now at night probably will be with no other sources. Like a like a computer or a phone or any of that stuff. Also, there's night vision cameras that can pierce the darkness easily. That technology is already there. Why he would want to record that is another weird question about that speaks to the Aaron Roger Aaron Rogers weirdness. Not sure I know the answer to that. I'm going to just I'll say this cuz I say it all the time when I hear about this stuff, if it helps your mental health, you be you. But after this, after the um, what's that crazy the uh, uh, ayahuasca ayahuasca whatever it is, is that the right way to say it, ayahuasca? And then this thing sensory deprivation, are you a better person for it? And in the selfish way that it, that I think as a Packers fan, are you going to be a better quarterback for it? That didn't happen after the ayahuasca experience last year. Now, there's other factors, obviously, teammates, teams you play, their talent level. But I got to see something. Do we want a happy Aaron Rodgers? You bet we do. Good luck to you. Enjoy the sensory deprivation. Not for me, but enjoy it. You be you. But at the end of it, show me something. Quick break. I call it Ask Steve Anything, you ask the questions, you direct the conversation, sports, politics, Aaron Rodgers, genetics, DNA, astrophysics, quantum physics, quantum mechanics. I'll do my best on those latter ones. John from Menominee Falls joins the conversation. Hey, John, welcome to WTMJ. Good morning.
8: Hey, good morning, Steve. My question is, what do you actually think what it'll take the Ukraine to defeat the Russians.
1: It's a great question. I'll I'll let you uh, hang up and listen to the answer. It's going to take an all out, complete destruction of the Russian forces. I'm talking tanks blown up. In the case of the Russian soldiers losing their lives in, in large numbers, absolute destruction, like most the way most big world wars end. and this isn't a world war, of course, but it has world war implications. And whether the combined technology and resources and firepower of of the NATO, of NATO alliance, other countries assisting Ukraine are enough to, to give them a force that can absolutely utterly destroy the Russian forces. That's what it's going to take. It's absolute brutality. It's the horror of war. The reaction of Putin, it would be really interesting to see how he would take losing a war in that fashion. He's already has, I think, at least from the accounts I've read, significant problems with his public, families of soldiers, even the media in some limited way, because it's government controlled media there, pushing back on some of these decisions. This is messy. It's ugly. Wars happen for a lot of different reasons. This one's territory. And access to water and ports. And just a quick aside on this, since you asked the the, the Russia Ukraine question, you can't can't ignore Putin in this. The fact that we have people in this country aligning themselves with Vladimir Putin is sickening to me. And again, it's it's not necessarily that they agree with everything Putin does, but it's a political talking point now. And uh, I'll leave it at that. You can you can if you're a fan of these. People, I would suggest you find something else to watch. Uh, from the old National Bank talking text line, uh, let's see. I don't know the question here. India, Steve, huge country. Not sure what the question is there, but um, I I will uh, let you expound, expound on that. Uh, let's see. Steve, have you done any research into why the state isn't paying cities in full for municipal service payments? It's a great question. It's really specific. I will try to find out the answer to that with friends like and guests like the county executives I had on earlier. I have a side in this battle it's with communities and cities and counties. Simple as this I'll, I'll put it this way we have a massive budget surplus. They're sitting on this. I know why they sat on it before because it was, there was elections. They don't want one side or the other to look good. Okay, that's done with for now. Obviously, we have a Supreme Court election. But the governor's going to be here a while. Unless I'm wrong, the legislature and their leaders are going to be here for a while. This stuff's got to be sorted out. I, I can't emphasize enough. Local leaders, their actions, their decisions, impact you more than any of the other highfalutin uh, elected officials that you love to talk about and you love to hear about on talk radio, trust me on this one. They have direct impact on your bottom line. And they are being screwed, my word, by the state of Wisconsin. Every day, every week, every month, every year. And whether it's the cost of municipal services, us pushing out, Millions of dollars to the state that they sit on or misuse. Not returning it back to the taxpayers and the communities that give them that money. Should be against the law. And if anything that I took away from my conversation with the county executives earlier is. These are people of all different political ideologies. All saying to the state of Wisconsin and the legislators and the governor. Fix this. It's not survivable. You can be a fan of Act 10 and everything it did to control budgets and taxes. I was, but I said at the time, and I say it again it's not sustainable. I see it in declining service when it comes to plying the roads, a little slower, less often, less clean. Everyone's noticing that. It's not a surprise, it's out there, it's a reality. And when it starts to impact those types of services that we all come to expect and that we pay for, the message gets louder and louder from the taxpayers. Hopefully, the legislature and a governor are listening. Tantra politics are great for talk radio. They suck for actually governing a state or a country. The quicker we realize that, the better and the sooner we're going to be in Better shape. Make sense? Ask Steve anything. Another quick break? Yes? All right, we'll take a break. Lots to get to. Your questions, 855-616-1620 on WTMJ. A couple minutes left for questions for Ask Steve anything. James from the south side joins the conversation. Hey, James, you're on WTMJ. Good morning.
5: Yeah. How you doing there, Steve? Uh Wonderful. Well, you know what? Um, I, I kind of uh, tune in on this uh, governor's uh, budget tonight. Uh, you know, we got this. Okay, you've been mentioning we got the seven billion dollars. Uh, should we take one billion at a time, or should we take the whole seven billion dollars and, like birdseed, spread it over a field and and then uh, watch part uh, little bits of it grow here and there and then complain to each other and say, look at how, how stupid were we to spend all that money at one time, or should we take $1 billion at a time and, and sp- uh, spend it let, that way? Let and- me, ask,
1: let me uh, answer your question this way, James. Thanks for the call from the South Side. Look, let's make smart decisions, whether it's $7 billion all at one time in, in a series of distributions from the surplus fund to entities across the state, perhaps. Maybe we spend half this year, half next year. Chances are we're gonna have a surplus again. The, the the money, the number could grow. Let's make smart, educated decisions. Let's assess the critical needs of the states and go forward accordingly. Intelligently, not sniping, not political hacks, not radio squawkers, none of that matters. What do the counties and cities need? What do the taxpayers need in the form of tax relief? Hello, it's our money. Some of it should come back to us. The people that actually paid taxes, by the way, I still, for the life of me, I understand why you want to help people. If you don't pay taxes, why would you get part of a tax surplus back? Come on. Uh, Let's see. Real quick one. Uh, Now that Nikki Haley is running for president, do you feel she will finally be able to disagree with Donald Trump and uh, many of his poor views and decisions? That's from John. I hope so. Because, as I said, as someone who has supported, actually supported Nikki Haley, I can't support her if she continues to go, go down the Trump path. He's your opponent, probably in this election. He's a target. And as I've said over and over, he's a boat anchor if you're a Republican. If you actually think he's going to win a race for president, barring some crazy, crazy story. And boy, in this country, who knows? He's a boat anchor. Republicans it's time to understand that, and Nikki Haley and others, Ron DeSantis, are good candidates to flesh that out and figure out what's going to happen next, post-Trump. Well, my wife's not listening with all these people saying I should run for governor. Not going to happen. There was a time when I thought, you know, I, I would want to seek higher office, but that time has passed. I like my life. I like doing this, 9 to noon, or 8 to noon this Friday, apparently. Joining Vince Vetrano. 8 o'clock hour. He demanded, Mr. Tight Pants, that I come in on Friday. You're a busy man this week. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of uh, extra heavy lifting, but I'm more than happy for the cause, yes. Speaking of heavy lifting, producer Brandon that was just on the mic there put together a nice little mashup montage, mix-up of uh, Aaron Rodgers, his comments to Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show on, I think it's serious Satellite Radio, correct? And um, I, I heard this yesterday on our airwaves. And I said, you know what this reminds me of? Well, being a producer extraordinaire like Brandon is, he goes, I hear you. So he came up with this gem. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen.
3: This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's
4: fake news. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the Burns family circle of trust see if i can't trust you then i have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle and once you're out you're out there's no coming back
3: let me just reiterate one more time there's an inner circle right and in my inner circle nobody talks to ian Rappaport, to adam schefter what? or to any of those
4: people let me put it very simply if your family circle doesn't lead, join my family circle they'll form a chain. I can't have a chink in my chain. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I get the metaphor. So if
3: you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle.
4: Well, I would definitely like to stay inside the circle. You have my word. I'm going to hold you to that. Circle of trust. Guess who's back in the circle of
3: trust. The problem is there's a slippery slope. So let me just remind everybody out there listening. When somebody says something, Whether it's Ian Rappaport, Bradam Schefter, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, (laughs) Anthony Fauci, Joe Rogan, myself,
4: question it. I like to think of it as a little circle of trust. That circle of trust thing, that's mine. Mm -hmm. That is
0: true. I mean, I am still in the Burns family circle of trust, right?
3: No one in my inner circle talks to those people. I don't talk to those people. I don't have their numbers. I've never met them. And... Listen, I'm doing a darkness retreat later this week. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize how much it would
4: take off. That's it. We're starting our own circle of trust. And guess what? You're not in it. Well, you can't start a circle of trust. It's my circle. You know what? You don't have a patent on the circle, Jack. And by the way, you're not even in your own circle right now. That is untrue. I say who's in or out of the circle. Well, I'm confused. Whose circle am I in? Nobody's. Nobody's.
1: (laughs) It is classic. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers realizes... And he probably didn't make that connection, at least at that point. Hopefully he's been wised up on it. It it is amazing how silly in a movie and silly in real life that sounds. Look, I, I respect his privacy. I don't text Aaron Rodgers, even though I say I do. I don't write letters to Aaron Rodgers, even though I say I do. But that's all for theatrical content. And look, at its base level... He's a four-time MVP, Super Bowl winner, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Top ten, certainly. Top five, you can make an argument now. And certainly with some of the younger quarterbacks, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, there's there'll be competition for that. But he has demonstrated for, what, 18 years, 17 years, that he's playing at the highest level. This stuff doesn't help that. It seems silly and juvenile and... Um, in the case of the circle of trust thing, or whatever he, he calls it, his people of, that he trusts, it's unnecessary. You could have done this and not talked about it. You chose to make it something, and now you're exposing yourself, figuratively speaking, to the ridicule. If it helps you, fine. But all the rest of this, you seemed a little off, a little crazy yesterday at Pat McAfee. And I know you're a smart guy and all that. It just seemed like not something you would say. So, when we make comparisons like that, like this to Meet the Parents, the great films with ben Stiller and Robert De Niro and later on Dustin Hoffman, I want to point out the absurdity of this whole thing. Sit in the dark if you want to, but at the end of the day, come out better for it. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Our bottom line. Since we don't hang with you, you got to be better better quarterback. Whatever contributes to the betterments of your skills and your play, sign me up. All the other nonsense, don't care about it. Get to your dark room. Hopefully on the backside, flip side, and you're a little more closer to what a lot of us perceive as normal. Right? Thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday Hump Day edition. appreciate each and every one of you. However you find us over the air, online podcast available only at, not only, available at WTMG.com and wherever you get your podcasts, only would be the opposite. Yes, it's, it's everywhere. And thanks for finding those. Complete shows, guest interviews, special segments, all available for you. Peruse and listen to at your convenience. So I'm going to spend a, a little bit of time. Obviously, I don't. I'm not a fan of generally the Super Bowl halftime show. But somebody asked me this question in an email the other day, and I didn't get a chance to, to um, answer them. So this is your answer, um, Steve. It seems like we have a, a lack of variety in these Super Bowl halftime shows. the The, the email described it as urban music, rap. Well, so I went back and looked. Um, this year, Rihanna, obviously. Uh, last year, Eminem, that certainly rap. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, yes, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. 2021, The Weeknd, which, who I personally love. Um, 2020, Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, Bad Bunny, J Balvin. Uh, 2019, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy. Uh, 2018, Justin Timberlake, The Tennessee Kids. 2017, Lady Gaga. 2016, Coldplay, Beyonce. Bruno Mars, Beyonce also did it in 2013. 2015, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott. 2014, Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's a pretty diverse, you know what's missing for the most part? Country music. How about a Blake Shelton? Kenny Chesney? Country music's huge in this country. Seems like they're ignoring that demographic, No. Musical demographic. I think so. So the names I just mentioned, Dirks Bentley, Luke Bryan. On the on the women's side, uh Brandy Carlisle sort of country, sort of. Um some of the big stars that are still Hell, you could throw in a Dolly Parton walkout. That would be amazing. People love Dolly Parton, and I bet she'd be all about it.
9: I'm surprised Taylor Swift has
1: it. Taylor Swift. That's,
9: I guess she's not really country anymore. Pop. Yeah, that's she's pop. more pop. Yeah. Okay,
1: but I mean, looking at the demographics here, this is primarily urban music, right? Rap music. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. So, let's mix it up. NFL. I mean, if if you want to be fair to all of the audiences out there, country music's a big part of the of the music business, music industry. I think that's re- would be representative. What would you like to see, Brandon? Uh, Morgan Wallen.
9: Okay. I no, like no problem. What about this one? Luke Combs. That would be a good one. Yes. Luke Combs would be a good one. Why are we ignoring that that part of the yeah. market? I'm a country fan, so yeah you, yeah, you you've won me over. I really like the Kenny uh, Chesney idea as well. He always puts on a good show.
1: Everybody I know that goes to Kenny Chesney concerts absolutely looks forward to them and loves the heck out of him when they go. Um, on the quickly on the text line just call or just text today uh, for the, for this one 855-616-1620. Who would you like to see as the halftime artist? I gave you a bunch of names. I think we should mix it up a little bit. That variety, that different segments, not that the Super Bowl is hurting for ratings, I think would be welcome. It would soften some of the pushback. But I will say this. I I heard um, Bill Maher talking about this on his HBO show. There's people that watch the Super Bowl, and there's people that lie about not watching the Super Bowl, and that's true. And they're, they're trying to make a political point. I don't care what they... You know, you know what? That's stupid. That's dumb. Texter says, How about me singing at the halftime show? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I can handle a little bit of music, but no, that's stupid. But I, I, I like the compliment. How about Tim McGraw and Faith Hill? Yeah. Carrie Underwood. Carrie
9: Underwood would be really good.
1: With those legs? You kidding me?
9: Yeah, she'd be. Well, she does the voice too for Sunday Night Football, the team yeah. song. Perfect yeah.
1: Tie-in. yeah, perfect tie in. Perfect tie in. And, uh, Maybe NBC, she on NBC, yeah, Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe they have the Super Bowl next year, you don't know. Garth Brooks, am I wrong, has he done it it before? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I only went back 10 years, I thought he had done it before. That
9: would be a good one, though, I'm sure he has, he has to have been.
1: Blake Shelton is coming up on the text line, Blue Man Group, no, that's not happening. Imagine Dragons, Uh, whatever. Um, How about a metal show? Who's left to do that? Though? I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, they're all around, but they're, they're yeah, like. You know what
9: I mean, though. Like, they're just. Yeah. I mean, Rihanna did what, 13 songs in 12 minutes or whatever it was? Like... Yeah. You know, she lip synced most of it, right? I, I heard. I didn't watch it. Oh, you did? I didn't. I did the I did the dishes. <laughs> I don't like it. it's too long. The halftime show is too long for it's me. 29 I respect minutes. it. Yeah, twenty nine re- minutes. I respect
1: it and everything, but it's just, it's just it's a, it's a show. I'm, I'm good. Interesting football connection on the twenty nine minutes. Some people said that's how the the Chiefs were able to respond to their ten point deficit by kind of figuring things out in Could the twenty nine minute half. Scored on every possession. Should every game have a twenty nine minute half? No, God no. Hmm. Should every game have a halftime show? No, but Lambo
9: Lambo does a lot.
1: Yeah, they do. They, they have like these mini concerts. I'm glad you said that. I used to, here's, this is a real life story about the halftime acts at Lambeau. They used to have this frisbee catching dog acts and they'd roll it out every game. And I used to say to my wife, I am sick of watching these frisbee dogs, like every game. And now I said to her last season, you know, I'd love to see those frisbee dogs because they haven't done it in so long. They're entertaining, <laughs> and all the the lame stuff they do now, the hyped up, um the one I know the the high schools like this because they let the quarterbacks throw to the receivers. That one's
9: kind of cool. My, my I've seen
1: it enough times. I don't need to see yeah. it. Anymore. Yeah, you know, if a guy throws it eighty yards, I'm going to be interested in it. Otherwise, it's a sixty yard, fifty yard pass. Big deal. I understand it's great for the high schools, not so great for the fans. Bring back frisbee dogs. Maybe a quick singer that. You know, does a couple quick songs. You know, kind of walks over to the kicker while he's warming up during the song, and yeah, because they come out
9: like, yeah, they, they go in, they probably use the bathroom, they
1: come right back. Out. How about this? A football comedian, like who, who? who? I don't know who's a. That's a market. That's a niche that's not served. Yeah, football maybe football comedy. Maybe halftime show. Think about it. All right, um, Ozzy Osbourne. He's just retired from performing. Chris Stapleton, he was great in the national anthem. I bet you they ask him.
9: He was really good in that. I bet you they asked
1: him. You, too.
9: They've done one before. I know that. I think so. I, I know they have.
1: Longer than uh, Foo Fighters. Yeah, sure. Uh, Morgan Wallen getting some love. Uh, Metallica. Sure. Um, here come, uh Kenny Chesney getting some love. If you want country, go to NASCAR if you want country. Come on. That's
9: I don't understand why. It... Country's popular. Yeah.
1: I've, I've warmed up to it, which you will realize... If you listen to Steve Road of the World, because I often use this song, we're gonna actually go to break with it because I love this song.
5: I'm getting drunk on a plane.